0: Hey guys, welcome to the SoSpeak Podcast. I'm your host, John Beadle. Let's just get right into it. So for this episode, I want to talk about some books that I've been reading um, this last month and um, some books that I'm currently reading. So I'm going to kind of do a smattering of books that have come and books that I'm still working on right now as of uh, April 2nd. This is a Monday morning, right, that you're getting this? So um, yeah, I know lots of people ask me, you know, what are you reading um, what are you into? Where do you get your information? Um, to be honest, most of the information that I get is usually a, you know a combination of things, um, usually a combination between uh, you know Twitter and the actual books that I read i'm on Twitter a lot, and i don 't really tweet that much compared to some people, but it's really helpful when you want to get you know like links to different articles and different outlets that you follow so I I can generally get a pretty good idea as to, you know, like the finger on the pulse for where people are at by reading what they're talking about, how you know, what they're saying about certain um, current events and things like that. So that's where I get a lot of that. I also get a lot of book recommendations from social media um, and uh, also from people that I just talk to on a daily basis. Um, But I generally just buy my books from Amazon uh, because I don't like to... Uh, go to the bookstore anymore, because it's just overpriced, and Amazon is uh, cheaper, and uh, all I have to do is wait two days, and so, yeah, so anyway, um, one of the for, really, like, formative thinkers that's, that's shaped the way that I like to, I like kind of view of the world, uh, politically speaking, is uh, George Orwell, and I know what you're thinking, like, his fiction, but actually I've read more of his non-fiction than I've read of his fiction, I've only actually read Animal Farm from his fiction. Um, but I've read a lot of his long-form journalistic pieces, like Homage to Catalonia, which was eye-opening, um, him fighting the fascists in the 30s in Spain. And uh, also that was the book that became the source material for his book Animal Farm when he realized that the, uh, the Stalinists, communists, were just as bad as the fascists. Um, so that was really interesting. Um, and uh, his Road to Wigan Pier, where he criticizes his own tribe, the, the socialists, so, um that is just that part of the book is worth the whole thing, but also where he attempts to live amongst the poor and to see the way that they are and and he basically anticipates populism in europe and um, and uh, so things people i think people like Trump getting elected or the brexit vote in europe would have been would not have been surprising to him to say the least like at all um, and so these are sort of as especially as as they represent these sorts of um, um, feverish attempts um, from the public to regain control from the elites, right? Uh, this sort of practice of democracy that those who claim to to helm um, the reins for democracy will not like, and so Orwell sort of sort of um, anticipates these people on both sides, and and doesn't really say um, good or bad about the people who would be in, who are the populace because he was a socialist. He believed that, that the group, these groups of people and communities should determine their own future. Um, so a really interesting guy. Um, he His actual book, the and Pierre, was sponsored by the Socialist Book Club in England, but was banned, I mean, at one point. And uh, there were some re, uh, rewrites that they wanted him to do. He refused to do them. Um, it was given an introduction by the leader of the Socialist Book Club that basically tried to critique and denounce a lot of what he wrote because he was so forward with criticizing his own tribe um, for being suppressionists. So kind of interesting. Um, the book that I read recently that I, I just so recommend, um, this is the, like, probably the highest on my recommendation list, is a book called Why Liberalism Failed by Patrick Deneen. Why Liberalism Failed by Patrick Deneen. Uh, Dr. Deneen is a professor of political philosophy at Notre, Notre Dame. And he simply argues that basically, what I argue from the Ten Million Tyrants episode, where liberty, the definition has changed and has become totalitarian in its uh, impulse. And in other words, not that we have fear of a totalitarian rising in our midst, but that. Um, liberty has been used to basically green light and um, affirm every vice under the sun so therefore according to his reading of plato we have become servants of our own desires therefore not free the opposite of free um, and so he finds this kind of ironic that in the land the quote the land of the free uh, we become the land of the slave so to ourselves and our own desires it's a fantastic book i always love um, books that are that are trying to understand the culture as a whole. And I love to read on those, along, along those lines because they really help me think. You know, whether I agree with them or not, um, they force me to reckon with these ideas. And I think you know, if you're really interested in that kind of thing and, and uh, you don't have that much time, it's the perfect book to read because it's not even 200 pages long. So it's really short. He tells it in the style of a narrative. And so it's certainly something to uh, look into. Um, another book would be an older one called Democracy in America by Alexis Tocqueville. And uh, Tocqueville is, was a French aristocrat who actually came over to America in the 18th century. Originally, I believe it was because he wanted to look at the, the prisons, uh, the prison system, and how the prison system worked in America and bring it back to France. But he ended up staying for quite a long time and talking about American culture as a whole. And he sort of talked about democracy as this... Community of virtue, that it was these smaller communities were building these lives together, and that was what he felt was like the best form of the individual state where individuality was at the core of who we were, but they would be tempered by the habits of the heart, of community, of um, justice, of practicing, uh, you know, communal truth. And that without th- those communities, it would devolve into individualism, ideological servitude to our own base desires and we would be destroyed so that's Tocqueville for you um a novel that i've read a couple novels um, i read the well it's a short novel I actually read orwell's animal farm and just really enjoyed it read it in one sitting um it's a good allegory for totalitarianism, t- totalitarianism in general but also stalinism in particular right orwell takes aim directly at the stalinist regime uh, and then he has some little um, some little jabs to take at uh, Leninist Marxism that he saw as completely um, futile as a system where whenever the uh, elites uh, are overthrown right in favor of a people, uh, the proletariat overthrows their leaders um, the the word individual brother is replaced by comrade. But at the end of the story, right, the pigs in the farm start standing on two legs and they're wearing suits just like men. So the irony of the whole story is that the very people who were in charge of the farm to begin with end up being the people who are in charge of the farm at the end. Um, had the same exact philosophy. So the sort of this futile um, revolutionary effort that Orwell saw in these completely hypocritical systems. Um, Another novel that I read recently that I really enjoyed is is called Submission by a French author. I think you pronounce his name Michel Hollebeck. Hollebeck? Hollebeck? I'm sure one of my listeners will correct me uh, with the right pronunciation. It's called Submission. Um, It's probably one of the best novels not the best novel I've read in the last year. Um, Just an unbelievable um, take on a future France in which it is taken over by um, a very charismatic um, member of of the of the Muslim ruling political ruling party, and the the big kind of, it, the main character is sort of this lazy, um, kind of European, um, intellectual member of the intelligentsia, who is a professor and he's bored, he's sleeping with a lot of different women, but he doesn't have any purpose in life, and then he gets let go because uh, this radical group takes over the the, the university. And, but then they bring him back and the big dilemma of the book is when they say to him, we will um, give you, you know, um, your job back with better pay. You can get, you know, you'll have multiple wives and, um, and all you, and in your job back and all you have to do is just convert. And so it's sort of a real, it's a satire. I think I would say it's a satire on, um, sort of what's, what would happen in France and how the. How, basically how modern civilization is broken down, the, how the Western man has devolved into this person, this that our hero, you know. So it's not a, necessarily a criticism against Islam, in, you know, in particular or whatever, although you could read it that way, I guess. Holabek does have a lot of very harsh things to say about the Islamic religion. Um, it is also a satire on The Western man who has forgotten the uh, moorings of his own Christianity in favor of a hedonism that cannot stand the the test of radicalization. Like it cannot hold up against radicalization. And I think no matter what that religion is or whatever the radicalization source is, um, that is a a challenge in our times, right? Um, A few more let's see the abolition of man by C S Lewis, freaking fantastic, unbelievable book. I think C S Lewis is probably one of the best essayists in 50 years. Unbelievable. Um, in that book, he talks about nature dominating or man trying to dominate nature and so on and so forth. It's really great. Uh, Neil Postman's conscientious objections is really good. Um, just another collection of essays by a guy who anticipated the iPhone, anticipated the kind of technology becoming like our own idols. Um, Interesting guy. Um, Look into that book, Conscientious Objections. There's People of the Lie by M. Scott Peck, a book by a psychologist who talks about the effects of human evil on the psyche. So really good stuff. Um, And then last but not least, the book that I'm in right now that I'm just floored by, I love so much, is called um, Open Letters, which is a collection of essays, letters, um, and interviews from a, a Czechoslovakian dissident during the eighties, right, but it's it's really from the sixties all the way up to the nineties. Um, all written by um, a dissident by the name of Václav Havel, who is another one of my um, one of my favorite thinkers of all time. Just the way he deconstructed the um, the impulse to tyranny uh, in the mind, but also um, the need for um, ritual and tradition um, to be liberated. So. What was it? What did it mean to be powerless? What does it mean to be free? He he wrote a lot on that. He was also a playwright uh, by trade, but then he became a politician. I mean, he was the first f- democratically elected president of their country post-communism. So I mean, just an amazing situation. I mean, that's how a lot of those Eastern Bloc progressive guys were after the Berlin Wall fell and kind of the communist regimes around the world collapsed. Um, there was just this wave, wave of elected officials who were um, not normally politicians, like what you would think. They were like musicians and they were poets and playwrights and they were like the leading intellectuals of their time, just radicals who um, had a radical um, democratic outlook. So interesting, interesting, fascinating uh, reads. I personally will read anything. I don't even care if it's I, I disagree with it. I like to engage with things, especially that that challenge me, that that move me to think, and and um, not just talk about concepts. If what I'm reading is ideological at its core, in other words, it's not trying to challenge me to think, it's actually just trying to convert me to its ideological uh, position, um, then I generally will just kind of stop about halfway and throw it away, or give it to someone, I mean, you know, I don't know, try to get money for it and buy more books. So I will do a lot of research before I read a book so that I know that I have some kind of idea of what I'm getting myself into. That way I don't waste my time because you only have so much time in the world. You don't have, you know, you don't, you don't have that much time to read all the primary books, even all the primary sources you can't even finish in one lifetime. So I just really encourage you to do your research. Um, I have an app on my phone um, called Goodreads. It's a really helpful app get that app you need that to help get you um, keep you on track and get you accountability from your friends who can encourage you to keep reading and keep going and finish and keep track of all the books that you read and so I have a running tally I I read about a book a week Um, this year my goal is 60 books and I am currently on book number 23 as we speak so I'm not that far away from my goal Um, it's doable Um, you can read most people have time to read I would say that all people have time to read. They just don't ever make time for it. You know, if you just took 30 minutes a day, stop watching Netflix, just picked up a book, I mean, you would finish two books a month at that rate 30 minutes a day, two books a month. So it's possible, it's doable. What I tell my third grade uh, kids that I teach, I say, you know, not all readers are leaders, but all leaders must be readers. If you want to have an impact, if you want to make an influence, make a dent in the cultural landscape, Make an impact on the people around you. Read. Challenge yourself. You don't have to be an, inte- you know, uh, an intellectual in order to read. You just have to have curiosity. Wonder. Keep the wonder alive. Keep the flame lit for passion, um, for the arts, for science, for religion, for things that matter in life, things that give us meaning, the human experience. So uh, I'm a staunch defender of the reading life uh, because... And I'll say this is my last point. The the most important thing is that in all of our doing, we have meaning for it. We understand why we do what we do, right? Socrates said the unexamined life was not worth living. I think it's important that reading is just one facet of discovering, you know, what kind of values we have, what makes us tick, Um, developing the inner life so that the outer life makes sense. Reading is just one way to do that. It's not the only way. But it's a very powerful way to make sense of your inner life so that your outer life can begin to make sense. And who knows, it may actually challenge you, maybe change your life or the way that you think about the world. So hit me up. What books are you reading? What are you into right now? I would love to hear from you. Have a good day.